Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. of God I stand. Let's sing it again. I am a new creation. I am a new creation. Oh, no more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God I stand. My heart is overflowing. My heart is overflowing. Hey, my life just keeps on going. Yeah, here in the grace of God. And I will praise, and I will praise you, Lord. Yes, I will praise you, Lord. And I will sing of all that you have done. A joy, a joy. A joy that knows no limit, a lightness in my spirit, here in the grace of God. And I will, and I will praise, and I will praise you, Lord. And I will praise you, Lord. And I will sing, oh, of all that you have done Oh, a joy that no limit A lightness in my spirit Here in the grace of God I stand I am a new creation Oh, I am a new creation no more in condemnation Here in the grace of God I stand My heart is overflowing My heart is overflowing My life just keeps on going Here in the grace of God I stand And I will pray And I will pray you Lord, yes I will praise you Lord, and I will sing of all that you have done, oh a joy, a joy, a joy that knows no limits, a likeness in my spirit, here in the grace of God I stand. You give and take away. You give and take away. Oh, my heart will choose to say, Blessed be Lord, you give. You give and take. You give and 
take away your dignity for the heart my heart will choose to say blessed for you give your death you give and take away you give and take away lord my heart will choose to say Blessed be your name. Amen. With that same excitement, let's shout to the Lord and welcome God's anointed servants for this house, for your life, for tonight. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah, amen. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Blessed be your Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Thank you, King of Glory. Thank you, Lord of Lords. You who are our life and our strength. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for gathering us into a community of faith. Thank you for building us up by your word. And that we can count on your word to strengthen us. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You are welcome. We've been studying 25 statements of a can-do man. Hallelujah. It's 25 statements, but I think we've only done maybe four or five. I don't know. How many have we done so far? Okay, so you tell me. Number one is what? All things are possible. Number two, let us work hard. We are talking about how a can-do man thinks. Because what you say comes from what you think, what is in your heart. So all things are possible. Let us work hard. Number three, let us try it. Let's give it a chance. Hallelujah. Number four, we have nothing to lose. Did we ever get to number five? No. Okay. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give a number of them and then as the Holy Spirit highlights and emphasizes, I will pick on some and then we will dwell on it. What do you think? So, so let's add five to maybe ten. So number five, is let us copy the one who has done it successfully. That's number five. We are talking about 25 statements of the can-do man. Let us copy the one who has done it successfully. All right. Number six. I will do it even if no one helps me. This is the mindset of the can-do man. Number six. I will do it even if no one helps me. I'm giving you the list. Maybe we won't do all 25. I'm giving you a list so that you have it in your notes and then we will begin to let the Holy Spirit expound on as many as I am led to expound on. I will do it even no one helps me. That's number six. Number seven. Did you get number five and number six? All right. Number seven. We are as good as those who have done it. We are as good as those who have done it. That's how a, a can-do person thinks. We are as good as those who have done it. 
All right. So, number five is let us copy the one who has done it successfully. Number six is I will do it even if no one helps me. Number seven is we are as good as those who have done it. Number eight, it is not too late to learn something new. That's the can-do man. It is not too late to learn something new. Number eight, it is not too late to learn something new. Number nine, let us make the change now. Let us make the change now. 25 statements of the can-do man. Let us make the change now. Number eight is, it is not too late to learn something new. Number nine is, let us make the change now. Number ten, it is not too late to start. It is not too late to start. That's number ten. I'm probably going to just add number 11 and then we will go back and start going over it. Number 11 is, number 10 is, it is not too late to start. Number 11 is, let us start now. Hallelujah. Let us start now. So we are going to start back from number 5. Let us copy the one who has done it successfully. And the scripture reference is Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Hebrews 6, 12, if you can find it for us. Hebrews 6, 12. All right? It says that you do not become sluggish. The King James says slothful. If I'm not mistaken, that you do not become sluggish. Or another word is slow to respond. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate. Yeah, so yeah, we can stick to we can still stick to the new king game. So slothful, another word for slothful is what? Sluggish. But everyday use, there's another word we use. Slothful is lazy, isn't it? Yeah. So um that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. So, so we do not become sluggish, but we imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So, it's bringing out a lot of revelations. This, this scripture, which supports point number six, which is what? Or point number five. Let us copy the one who has done it successfully. If you want to go somewhere, we are talking about 25 statements of the can-do man. Something that drives the can-do man. Something that motivates them. Something that they say. What you say, what somebody keeps on saying is, is like a guiding philosophy of life of the person. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Somebody who keeps on saying something, you see that eventually they will, they, will, they, will, they will do it. So, the scripture is saying that we should not be what? Maybe let's, let's why don't we start from verse 10? And so that we can get a complete thought. Verse 10. To, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. He's addressing some believers who have been actively working 
they've been ministering to the, the, the saints. Okay, verse 11. For verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. So look at the word there. Diligence. Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Hallelujah. You've been doing some work ministering to the saints. But now he's talking about continuing in the work. Okay. It says until. When you see the word until, it means that it's a long process. And it says that the diligence, why is he saying this? Show the same diligence. The diligence with which you have been ministering to the saints already. Continue in that diligence. Diligence gives the, you the impression of hard work. Is that not so? Okay. And how, when are you going to stop being diligent? He said to the full assurance of hope until the end. So, so there has to be a mindset of continuing to the end until the job is done. Hallelujah. But then sometimes, sometimes, why you want to go? Somebody has already done it. Somebody has passed that place before and has laid down some tracks that you can follow. Hallelujah. Now the can-do person, now let's go to 12. The can-do person takes advantage of what has already been laid down. Hallelujah. Because he said that you do not become sluggish. Sluggish, another word is slow or slow to respond. If you don't use the tracks that somebody has laid and you want to construct your own tracks, you are going to be sluggish. Hallelujah. So the can-do person says, let us copy the one who has done it successfully. If you want to be successful in uh, investing, there's a people who are successful in investing. So you buy their books. These people, they, um, I mean, every small thing, you see that somebody has written a book. I was watching, uh, what's his name? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air some time ago. And the younger cousin, what's his name? Carlton. He had a good success in how to relate with women one day. And you can tell that it was just one day that it happened that way. But he, he was able to um, relate that women were flocking to him. And then he told Will Smith that I have to write a book. <laughs> Amen. Because now suddenly he has this confidence that now I'm an expert on, on how to relate to women. But People who have been successful, if they've written a book and that is where you want to be, you have to copy them. Amen. And so, and keep in mind that we are talking about 25 statements of the can-do man. The can-do man means that they are doing something. Is that not so? And in all areas of life, if you are talking about ministry, okay, then you need to have a model for whose ministry you are following. And if the person decided to pray, and follow up sheep, then that's what you do. Hallelujah. If the person decided to read the Bible every day, that's what you do. You copy the example of someone who is successful. Hallelujah. Because if you don't copy, and you try to, what they call, reinvent the wheel, you'll be very slow. That is what, that is what um, the countries in, uh, uh, people like Korea, at independence, you know, Ghana, we were, Korea, Singapore, maybe, brother Nicholas, you can correct me, but some of those Southeast Asian countries, 
we were at the same level with them. In fact, in some, in some cases, Ghana gave them money. Hallelujah. And when Korea started making cars, people didn't respect their cars. Amen. But gradually, they perfected the craft. Amen. Initially, the car that they were making, they were just making the body of the car. And then they would import the engine from Germany. And they would put it in the car. But it's a Korean car. And once they built that craft to a certain level where they have enough market share, and then they perfected the science of it, then they began taking engines, ripping apart, and then learning how to do it. Hallelujah. Because if somebody has already invented how to, how to um, melt iron, that one is a process you start from there and you build on. Hallelujah. In life, you are going to discover that many things have already been done. And if you want to do it, you see, after you have perfected, after you have gotten to where they have gotten, it gets to a point you can tweak it to make it your own. Even like a song. Sometimes there's a song, okay, which you want to uh, minister. You have to know the nuances of the song. You have to know the lyrics. You have to know the melody. You have to know the, the, the notes. You have to know all those things. But after you know it well, when you are singing it, you can bring your own personality into it. Hallelujah. Are you there? If one thing that baffles me is that people are not ashamed to sing somebody else's song. Amen. But, but if somebody tells you, take this message that somebody has preached and go and preach it. That one too, people can have a problem with it. Amen. But you see, after you preach a message somebody has preached, you will then begin to know how they, how they took the scriptures and how they broke it apart and how they developed points from it. Bishop Daxter, he discovered it when he was, um, was it at Achimote School, I think. He said, he, was, he had a, a Christian fellowship he was leading. And then he said he would be teaching and then somebody gave him Papa Hagen's tape. And he began to listen to Papa Hagen's tape. And then when, when he listens to the tape, he will go and preach the same thing. Hallelujah. He will go and preach the same message that Papa Hagen has preached. Then he said, people started saying, your message today was very anointed. And they didn't know where he was learning it from. Do you get it? So he, he, he began to notice that when he preaches what Papa Hagen has preached, people, the message was more powerful. Do you get it? And, and then, and then, and then he, at that time, he wouldn't preach that one. He would preach his own. Because at that time, he was learning to be a preacher. If you're learning to be a preacher, you have to listen to other preachers so that you know how the scripture is, how to do exegesis, exegite the test, how to take the scripture narrative and break it apart. Well, you see, at a point right now, we hear a message. You see, it's an original message from Bishop Dark. It's not like a Papa Hagen book he's preaching, but he has learned, the thing has entered him. Do you get it? As the thing has entered him, he can now go into another dimension of his own making. But you, you don't have any basis or foundation, and you want to, you want to. It's like you, you, want, you want to build a, a house, but um, the plot you bought, okay, somebody tried to build a house there before, okay? And there was a foundation that was good, but the person couldn't complete. So at least it's a starting point for you. Do you get it? If the foundation is good, just build on it and go on. And successful people know how to use something that is already there. But people 
are proud. Some people are proud. That is, I want my own thing. <laughs> Amen. So that you start from zero instead of starting from the roof. Somebody's, somebody's roof can become your foundation if you know how to copy. If you know how to humble yourself and say, this one has done this well. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, when it comes to cooking, for instance, people are special are specialty in particular food. Amen. Some people, they are very good with uh, spaghetti and what do you call it? Meatballs. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Or angamo. Onion, all you need is onion, salt, water, and rice. Do you get it? And then you can go to Mr. Sister and get shito. Mr. Sister, shito. Yeah, so at least that adds some, something to it. And then go to Kroger and get chicken. You know, chicken has already made. You are there. But then you can go to somebody's house, you realize that, oh, how do you make it? You see, when you are proud that you can't learn. But if you don't know how to make something, you say something called fried rice. Fried rice, the way it is, it's not simple. Oh. You must first master it before you cook it for the public. <laughs> Do you get it? Amen. And so, this is one of the keys. Bishop Doug, he will not, he will not hide it. He said, look, my miracle ministry, I studied Benihim. He said he wanted to study, um, what's his name, her name? Catherine Coleman. Because in our generation, her ministry was the most powerful. And so he said he started trying to get videos, and the, the Lord said, no, study Benihim. Because even Catherine Coleman, there's not a lot of her videos around. Do you get it? And Benihim also caught an anointing from Catherine Coleman. And so, Bishop, he doesn't hide. He said, I learned it from Benihim. He had a, a lot of Benihim videos, and he was watching. Hallelujah. Learning how to preach. He said, I learned how to preach from Papa Hagen. And uh, what's his name? The man in California. Dr. Fred Price. Hallelujah. He said at a point he learned the difference between the two. That sometimes the two of them are teaching the same message. But Papa Hagan's one carries a certain prophetic scent to it. This one is more like a teacher. Hallelujah. But then he also talks about how even certain marital things he learned from Fred Price. Amen. You shouldn't be ashamed to talk about where you learn something from. In this world, everybody copies from somebody. Even how to walk. You, children watch their parents and then they, 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 follow, they follow suit. Hallelujah. And if you don't have the humility to copy, you will be slow. Look at the scripture. You will become sluggish because it will take you a long time trying to do something that already exists. Amen. Amen. Bishop said he learned how, he, when he was going to do mass crusades. Who is doing mass crusades? Bunky. Amen. He copied that including Bunky's uh, mannerisms. Like, you know, one bishop is preaching, he gets to a point and he says, hey, have you heard that before? Hey, and then people will say, hey, I thought it was his own. He, he took it from Bunky. <laughs> he said, I don't know what that hey means, but if it's working for Bunky, it will work for me too. So he also copied it. Hallelujah. He said, when it comes to preaching, what to preach at crusades, what, 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 how do I, it doesn't mean he doesn't have a Bible. He has a Bible. I mean, he is a man who has made uh, quiet time his ten. You know, do you know the first test message I got from Bishop Doug when I became a pastor? My very first test message. I sent him a test. He sent him a test back. And then he said, uh, what are you reading? Then I mentioned some book. He said, okay, I recommend this book, Quiet Time. Amen. <laughs> the Quiet Time book. Read it. Hallelujah. I was already in the children's room, this room. 
I remember it very well, way back in 2003 or so. But it does not mean that when you learn from someone, it does not mean that you are a fool. No. Rather, it makes you go faster than other people. Amen. So that's point number six. Number seven, we are... Uh, number six, no, that was five. Number six, I will do it even if no one helps me. Hallelujah. I will do it even if no one helps me. Sometimes people are watching for somebody to do something before they do it. But successful people and the can-do man, they have a solitary mindset that if this thing is a good thing, I will do it even if no one helps me. Hallelujah. God sent Christians to go and evangelize the world. There are people who are waiting for a committee to be set up. The Committee for Evangelization of Columbus, Ohio. Let all Ghanaian churches come together. Let's set up a committee. How to reach Ghanaians who don't go to church in the Columbus sub-region. Do you get it? And then you, you, you call for a meeting at a something something 204 Cleveland Avenue. The first meeting, only two people show up. Then nobody shows up. Or you show up, nobody shows up. Then, okay, let's postpone to the end of the month. Let's postpone, okay, what's the next holiday? September 2nd, Labor Day. Let's do it on Labor Day weekend. A committee, trying to do a, a serious thing with a committee, it won't happen. Amen. Sometimes you don't need a committee. You need somebody who is ready to work. Somebody with a mindset that I will do it even if no one helps me. Hallelujah. So you rise up, okay, what's the work to be done? You get up and you do it. There are people, there is a, a tree word called Ezekiah. You know what Ezekiah means. Somebody who when there's work to be done, they want, they want somebody to be doing it before they do it. No, but successful people don't do that. You rather, you rather take it on. You will do it whether somebody helps you or not. Amen. And it is something about life in general that if you are waiting for somebody to do something before you join in, you will always be a follower. Why don't you be a leader for a change? Sometimes the, what, the activity is waiting for somebody to initiate it. Do you realize that even in uh, marketing, when companies are introducing a product, you know, there, there are, there's a group of customers they call early adopters. When there's a change or a new product being introduced, there are some who are not afraid to just jump on and use it. Even when it comes to uh, iOS, do you get it? My company, for instance, one Whenever Apple um, uh, introduces a new iOS, you see, depending upon the risk appetite <laughs> of the enterprise, because there are some who don't care, they just use it. But my people, they always want to make sure the IT people have tested it and made sure that, because enterprise devices, if there's something that is going to go wrong, it will affect many things. So usually before you, if it's a, a company iPhone or whatever you're using, you have to wait for them to give the go-ahead that it is all right to now uh, install the new um, system, the new update that has come. Hallelujah. So always you're going to have some people who are early adopted, and there are some who are late comers to the tent. And, and if a work has to be done, and you know that work, and you are capable of it, just jump into it. And those who are late comers, sometimes they just need somebody to motivate them. They just need somebody to, to, see, to, to, to show that this thing it's a worthwhile activity to be done. And once they see you doing it, then they will join in. Hallelujah. But in this world, there are too many followers and very few leaders. But in this church, the mindset is that we want 
to train us to become leaders. He wants to train us to become people that think differently than the average people. Amen. Did I not tell you how I met uh, a certain American? And um, that American had more knowledge about the rest of the world than most Americans I have met. Many Americans, they don't know anything beyond their state. Amen. So this American had traveled, I think he was in the army or he had gone outside. So the way he was talking, very knowledgeable about East Africa, West Africa, Middle East and things. So I told, I told him, oh, you know a, a lot about Africa. You are a little bit more knowledgeable than the average American. He nearly beat me up. I mean, not nearly beat me up. He jumped and said, why do you use the word average for me? I, I'm not average. I, I, I mean, I am way above average. Because you see, average eh, is like, if you take 100, and you, if you take two, what's the average? 51. So somebody who got 2%, let's say there's only a population of only two, just for simplification's sake. A population of only two people. One got 100%, one got 2%. Do you get it? And they say, oh, what's the average for the class? 51. So the one who got two, he's very happy. Because when he says average is 51, it's like he's making him look good. <laughs> because he had only two. But the one who got 100, do you get it? You have diluted his score. Amen. And many people in the world are average. They just want to be average. They don't want to, they don't want to take a step and do something that nobody else is doing. Everybody is watching somebody. Amen. But if you want to be different from other people, if you want to be above average like that man who said he was super above average, I shouldn't use the word average. About and it's a question of choice. Hallelujah. Let me tell you one thing. God, eh, there are many things that whether you do it or not doesn't matter much to God. In fact, he's happy that you are a believer. He's happy that you are doing your little bit to help. Amen. But then there is a place in your destiny that you will not get to if you just strike averages. That if you want to be one of the people that make a mark for history, your mindset ought to be, I will do something that other people have not done. And one of the things you must be willing to do is that you must be a first to do something. Amen. That you are not watching whether somebody is doing it or not. Hallelujah. Let's look at this scripture. There's a scripture, I believe, in one of the Samuels, either 1st or 2nd Samuel. 1st Samuel chapter 14. And um, we're going to read the passage from verse 1 down. First Samuel chapter 14. I will do it even if no one helps me. I will do it even if no one helps me. Amen. It includes everything in life, including cleaning the church. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Now, it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. So look at it. Pause for a moment. See, Israel was at war with the Philistines. Do you get it? And in a war, typically you go in a form of a what? An army. All right? And sometimes there, is, there are some things that are being done in preparation for the a battle. A war is broken out into the individual battles. Sometimes uh, uh, there's a whole one year that the war is going on. 
But then it's not that they are fighting 24-7. Do you get it? And in between battles, armies are strategizing what they are trying to do. So as we break into chapter 14 here, it says that the, uh, one day Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man that he had an armor bearer. And something came to him that, look, I don't have to wait for the whole army. I can do something. So you come and let's go and see what we can do. Go to verse 2. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. Okay? Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, the son of Eli. Oh, Phineas, son of Eli. Okay. Ichabod is the um, child who was born when the ark was taken. Ichabod means the glory has departed. The mother, the mother gave birth immediately after he, she heard that the, the husband has died when they had captured the ark. So that's where his name comes from. Okay. Um, he was worried and effort, but the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. So Jonathan sneaked out of the camp. What is he going to do? He's going to try something. He's a can-do man. Hallelujah. Okay, next verse. Between the passes, by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was, a, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was Bozes and the name of the other, Sene. So you see, Jonathan wants to go and try his hands on the Philistines. But even as he's going, look at the obstacle before him. A sharp rock here and a sharp rock there. Hallelujah. Next verse. The front of one face northward opposite Mikmash, and the other southward opposite Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, listen to the, the voice of a Kandu man, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Look at it. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Hallelujah. So we are going to pause there on that, on that verse. We were going to go to verse 15, but we want to pause there. But what we are saying is that, you see, sometimes some people want to see a vision. Like, like the Lord appears to Jonathan in the night. Jonathan, 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 my son. It looks like a lot of the Israelites are afraid. But I've appointed and anointed you. Rise up at 12.45 a.m. Take your bodyguard and walk like a cat into the garrison of the Philistines. I will be with you. You will see a bright light. When the bright light turns yellow, strike. <laughs> but the Lord doesn't always do that. He does that a few times. Like David, when he came back to the camp and the people had come to attack the Amalekites, they have uh, taken the women away and taken their, their goose. And then the people wanted to stone David. Amen. The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. And then the, the, David asked, inquired of the Lord, should I pursue or should I relent? The Lord said, pursue, I will give you victory. Sometimes the Lord will specifically give you a word. Hallelujah. But sometimes there is no specific word. We just know that there is a job to be done. Hallelujah. I mean, the, 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 the place is dirty. What, what, what does it look like? A, a human being with bones in their hands can sweep. So get up your broom and sweep. This one doesn't need a prophetic word. Amen. Look at it. He said, come, let us go. Look at, even when he was going, he was not sure what the outcome was going to be. Did you see that? He said, it may be that the Lord will work for us. It's just like going to do a, a, start a church. Look, when you're going to start a church, 
It can be anything. Hallelujah. Do you know that God can sometimes even send you on a mission that he knows you are not going to succeed? Yes. He told uh, Moses, go and tell uh, Pharaoh, let my people go. And then he told Moses, he won't let them go. <laughs> he was already telling him, he, he won't let them go. Amen. But you do a lot of things by faith, not because you know the outcome, but you are believing God that he will do something. Because lack of believing God, there's something called inertia. You will just sit on your B-U-T-T without doing nothing. Amen. He said, it may be that the Lord will work for us. People who son, can do men, that's how they think. Let me just try it. If it doesn't happen, who knows? If it doesn't happen, you have tried something. Can do people are willing to risk something. If it doesn't happen, no police will not arrest you. At least you've tried something. Can do people are willing to take a risk. But the people who are not can do people, they are always thinking of what if it doesn't work? What if this happen? Like a certain man of God, his friend said, Let's go and start a church. He said, Let's start it at Insawem. So that in case it doesn't work, people will not see and laugh at us. Because if you live in a Christ, that's a church in Insawem. Every Sunday morning, you say, oh, we are going somewhere, we will, we will see you soon. We are going somewhere, we will see you soon. And then, if the church works, then you announce. We have a church in Insawem. If the church doesn't work, nobody knows. That's what he told his friend. He said, no, we are starting it right here. And that uh, person who said we are starting right here was Bishop Doug. He said, whether it will fail or not, we are doing it. Hallelujah. It may be the Lord will work for us. Now look at the, the last statement he made. He said, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Because there are some things that you wish that many people are doing it. Hallelujah. But Jonathan said that the Lord can also save with a few people. Hallelujah. So that is point number six. I will do it even if no one helps me. Let's add this one then we'll close. We are as good as those who have done it. We are as good as those who have done it. One of the things that you look at is that when you are too introspective, you are too looking into yourself, and you are too much looking at your shortcomings and how you can't do something, and you compare yourself with others. Hallelujah. You compare yourself, because sometimes when people are giving testimonies, when you have a testimony, you are afraid to come and give a testimony. Because people's testimonies are wild. Big, big things. Amen. And then you, you look at it, I mean, if I come and say that I have a, a how do you call it, something used to, I, 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 I was, uh, the back of my neck was itching me for the past month, and then by the grace of God, it has, it has disappeared. <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody, they used to have a big back pain. So when you look at it, it's like you are always looking at it, I don't have much to offer. No, the little you have, the very little you have, it is still something. Hallelujah. And so you need to change the way you think and the way you see yourself. Classroom, people are making contributions. You feel that what people are saying sound powerful. You don't think you have a contribution. Look, lift up your hand and contribute Dorothy. Even if what you are saying, going to say is nonsensical, to you it is wisdom. Amen. When I was studying in Texas, my professor told me, he said, listen. Don't be ashamed of your accent. Amen. He said, be free and because the, I think 20% or 30% of the grade was class participation. And it, you can be intimidated when you speak and people don't hear what you are saying. And they keep saying, hello, excuse me, hi, pardon, 
Say it again. Come again. And you have to keep repeating. <laughs> and so and so I had to overcome, I had to overcome that that thing. Do you get it? And at a point you say, Well, you know, my accent is British. If you don't get it, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking the British accent. That's why you should tell them, Lord, if you don't understand, it's British accent. Learn it. <laughs> and the professor told me, the professor told me, he said, look, because of your accent, people will listen to you the moment you begin to speak. And so rather, instead of it being a negative, make it a positive. Take advantage of that. The moment you begin to speak, everybody is quiet because, you see, people say, this Kodaki black guy in the class, what does he know? And if you also, if you also remain quiet, then you reinforce their already prejudiced opinion of you. So me, I determined to be the opposite. I determined to rather see me like that. I'm very quiet, but in class, come and see me. Until today, go and ask uh, people who work with me. I, there's no meeting that I, I will not ask a question. <laughs> and sometimes, when I don't ask a question, one day we had a meeting and I didn't have anything. So my boss felt like. Maybe I'm sick or I'm as upset or something. Because I will, I will find something uh, within the thing and, 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 and ask something. That is not just I'm asking something for asking sick, but something that is relevant. Because you see, you need to work against your natural bent. Your natural bent is that, as for me, that I'm going to be there. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything about anything. I'm going to quietly walk away with my team. Like, no, 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 no. Be strong. Amen. My professor said, the moment you begin to speak, they will start listening. And that's exactly what happened. And then immediately people be, want, now want to be friends with you because they feel that, oh, it's not that you are just dumb and you are just here. You have some sense. You too, you have some sense. Hallelujah. Let's look at the scripture, James chapter 5, verse 17. Look, don't think that other people are better than you. No, they are not better than you. Look, I'm not trying to be uh, racist or whatever, but we have gone to school with them. Do you understand? We have, gone to uh, we have gone to school with people of all races. I did a master's in international business in Europe. There were people from all over the world. Oriental people and Caucasians and blacks. And even the blacks, there are differences. They are black from Africa and black from India. They were all there. Do you get it? The color of your skin does not determine this. I will tell you that. You have to tell yourself that you are not lower than anybody. Elijah was a man with like nature, with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it will not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Hallelujah. When we read about the biblical characters... They seem like larger than life human beings. That do they not? Is that not so? So that it makes you tell yourself that I am not like them. I cannot be like them. But this scripture is a revealing scripture that Elijah was a man, the King James said, a man of like passions. A man with a like a nature like ours. Which means that he had fears. He had um, all the things that normal human beings feel. He also felt it. Amen. And so, don't ever belittle who you are. Point number six is what? Or seven is what? Which is what we are discussing. We are as good as those who have done it. If you continue to tell yourself that, there is nothing that is going to be too big for you. Hallelujah. If something is 
somebody has done it, that person can be you. Oh, as for this, I remember a certain guy, I don't want to mention his name, he might be listening to the message. When he heard that my wife was going to do nursing, he, he said, he said, uh, sister, what be saying here? Have you asked properly about it? This thing is hard though. <laughs> It's hard though. I mean, I'm sure. Because his estimation of the thing was that my wife couldn't do it. Do you get it? Trying to intimidate. She said, she said, I think I can do it. But it was very, it's very funny that the way the way the guy looked at the whole thing is it's like, have you thought up seriously about have you asked enough questions about it? No, you can do it. Why can't you? If other people have done it, they are not better than you. Of course. I mean, there are some things. I won't even go there. I won't won't even go there. There are people who have studied, especially here in America, there are people who have studied, they didn't even study, um, what do you call it, anything in the sciences in their first degree at all. And they want to end up going to medical school. Yeah, of course, you have to learn organic chemistry and uh, all those things and, and, and master it. But it's doable. Hallelujah. If in the natural, if in the natural, especially in this land, people have so much hope that there's no dream that you cannot achieve. Even physically speaking, then how about us who have God on our side? Why are we afraid? Put your hands together unto the Lord. Stand up to your feet and let's commit ourselves to the Lord as we bring an offering. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for your help. Thank you, Father, for teaching us faith. Because in the end, it is because in our own natural strength we can't. That's why you will help us. Now we bring our offerings to you. May you bless and sanctify it in the name of Jesus. Amen.